A rather large amount of hedging. My weekly market review, November 5th, 2023. It was a sensational week for stocks, the best of the year, with prices rising each and every day. In the end, the S&P 500 large caps and Russell 2000 small caps both rose about 6% for the week and the Nasdaq soared 6.6%. What started life as something of a short-term oversold bounce following a largely gruesome three-month slide gained traction as the week went on, on the back of the fact that there was no interest rate hike from the Fed and earnings reports continued to impress for the most part. But mostly because everywhere you looked, there was Goldilocks economic data pointing to a soft landing. Despite a continued ratcheting up of death and misery in Gaza over the weekend and zero apparent progress towards any kind of resolution of a looming possible U.S. government shutdown in less than two weeks' time, an oversold condition resulting from last the previous week's carnage gave stocks hope on Monday, and all the indexes moved solidly higher, helped also by falling oil prices and some strong earnings reports, including from McDonald's. The warm and fuzzy feeling for stocks spilled into Tuesday as they drifted higher again to end the month of October on an upbeat note ahead of the Fed interest rate decision the next day, but not by enough to save us from a three consecutive calendar month decline in stock prices for the first time since those dark days of early 2020. Heading into the Fed announcement of its interest rate decision and Chair Jerome Powell's press conference on Wednesday afternoon, stocks remained stable, bolstered by spectacular forward guidance from advanced micro devices and the release of largely unchanged and kind of Goldilocks job openings and labor turnover survey jolts. The Fed duly followed the script and left interest rates unchanged for the second meeting in a row, as everybody knew they would. Powell indulged in a rather large amount of hedging when speaking to uh, journalists in the ensuing presser with often vague responses to questions. He left the door open for further hikes in the future, but gave no sign of imminently walking through it. The market took this as the closest thing that we are going to get right now to a pledge that rates will not be raised any further by the Fed and Treasury yields fell hard which boosted stocks nicely back into that long-standing recent 4,200 to 4,500 range for the S&P 500 index. Wednesday afternoon had all the feeling of a party starting, but there were still a few poopers out there pointing out that the cops might show show and break things up as early as the next day if earnings from Apple were to disappoint, or Friday if the latest jobs report didn't cooperate. The Bank of England kicked off Thursday by following the Fed's example and left interest rates unchanged. The conviction that the Fed is now finished raising rates over here grew even stronger as Thursday went on and stocks continued the week's impressive rally, leading into those Apple earnings and then the jobs report pre-market the next morning, finishing at the highs of the day. When it came out after hours, the Apple earnings report was underwhelming. The largest holding in the S&P 500 index saw its worldwide sales drop for the fourth straight quarter, making it the longest slide since you too noticed that it was a beautiful day in 2001.
The company is struggling with increasingly sluggish demand in the US and around the world. The results suggested that Apple is facing an even bigger slowdown in China than originally feared. On Friday morning, before markets opened, the jobs report announced that 150,000 new jobs were added last month, a considerable drop from the downwardly revised 297,000 from a month earlier, and way below what had been expected. The jobless rate rose to 3.9% from 3.8%. This was deemed to be yet another Goldilocks scenario for stocks, as it doesn't make the Fed any more likely to raise interest rates, but nor does it undermine the soft landing thesis. Stocks recently fell to multi-month lows, not because of any meaningful deterioration in fundamentals, but because an overly optimistic outlook, in part brought about by media puffery over artificial intelligence earlier in the year, has been rattled by unpleasant geopolitical surprises, heightened US political dysfunction, and mega cap tech earnings that failed to meet excessively elevated expectations, but which weren't bad in an absolute sense. As long as these factors were driving the market narrative, stocks had a hard time rallying. But underlying fundamentals haven't changed nearly as much as the decline in stocks in the last three months or so would imply. The ingredients for a solid rebound were within grasp, and last week the market finally reached out and grabbed them, after a few reminders that, broadly, the macroeconomic environment hasn't materially changed, and a soft landing is still the most likely option, although far from certain. For last week's rally to continue, these reminders need to eventually drown out the dominant noise caused by increasingly distressing geopolitical and domestic congressional issues and the dawning recognition that the AI mania in the spring was rather giddy and out of control relative to reality. At the beginning of the year, traders and investors worried extensively about a US recession as the Fed raised rates by the most in decades. Not anymore. Some economic experts are not only discarding their fears of a punishing downturn, but seeing a bigger risk that the US economy will be so strong that inflation will pick back up again, forcing the Fed to keep its interest rate options open, as Powell tried to do on Wednesday. The stock market is confidently reading things differently, however. Referring to the possibility of any further rate increases from the Fed, one senior trader summed up the view of most of Wall Street. Put a fork in it, he said on Bloomberg TV. They're done.